0: Ready
1: graphics? Ready theme? You Good evening. For your information
0: tonight. Hi, I'm Jesse Mullins. And I'm Lauren Milberger. And this is FYI The Murphy Brown Podcast. We've talked about the love of gym dance. Sexy NPR Lauren, not sold in stores. Only here. Where the hell are we? Can we talk about the toupee, please? Can we? I've been wanting to talk about this toupee yes, for most of my let's life. Let's talk. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about season one, episode seven Set Me Free
1: hello everyone hello here we are we're in the last episode of 1988 yes we are how exciting is that last episode before the christmas break hey you know what i i heard a little something
0: oh no yes happy birthday
1: to you lauren milberger it's
0: your birthday
1: and it's happy lauren milberger happy birthday oh my god
0: it is my birthday it is your birthday this is dropping on my birthday
1: happy birthday happy happy dropping birthday. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> just my breasts <laughs> birthday drop a little birthday boob drop actually they look better now yeah they do thank you i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna say they you're
0: They were. A, a, a nicely sh-
1: shaped woman Lord thank Lord, you Lord. well
0: i am a jew <laughs> yes you are they were a little too perky
1: Really? Yeah. That has literally never been a problem for me <laughs> in my life. I'm Irish German.
0: <laughs> and we are. Uh, now, this sounds know, like a humble brag now. I didn't mean it that way. I, I was girl, trying to make a bad joke. Love
1: yourself. You know what? They're, the grass is greener on every side. And I am. I am very happy with my endowments. And every pro has a con.
0: so something interesting as well is seven is one of my lucky numbers and it's episode seven on my birthday my lucky numbers are two five and seven mine's five i think everybody really
1: yes (gasps) i feel like there's something that happened between us that happened on like a fifth or
0: something maybe Mm -hmm. did we meet on the fifth i don't remember remember either
1: but uh here we are we're doing uh season one episode seven set me free It was written by Diane English, directed by Barnett Kelman, and it aired on December 19th of 1988.
0: The first song is The Way You Do the Things You Do, which I absolutely adore. Mm. This was so close good. to me putting on my favorite on the website. Yeah, this was really close. It's such a good song, and everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a 1964 hit single by the Temptations for mm-hmm. the Gordy Motown label. It was written by Miracle members, someone named Smokey Robinson. Oh man, that it's sounds. M- I don't know. Familiar. Did I meet that guy once? I don't know. No, maybe went on a date on with oh, him. Probably. Yeah. yeah. It gets mentioned in this episode, funny enough. Oh, uh, it does. Yeah. And Bobby Rogers. Uh, the single was the Temptations' first charting single on the Billboard Hot 100 peaking at the top 20 at number 11. Uh-oh. They recorded it two weeks after David Ruffin was hired replacing Founding Temptation, uh, Elbridge Bryant. So it was recorded on January 8th, and then it was released on January 23rd, 1964. That is a quick turnaround. That is actually really is yeah um so internet turnaround
1: that is internet turnaround. (laughs) you were snappy for the day so we open our opening vignette is to the way you do the things you do
0: real quick can Uh, i just say something before we start mm -hmm. something i found out what i think is really interesting is so not only is it the last episode of 1988 Mm -hmm. aired december 19th 1988 um the next week for christmas the 26th it was preempted by a tv movie called quiet victory the Charlie, uh, am I saying this right? Wiedemeyer story? Wiedemeyer? Wiedemeyer? Sure. Yeah. Which starred Michael Nury, who would later go on to be in Love and War. Yes, he did. And Pam Dauber from My Sister Sam. Wow. It is the smallest world <laughs> in which Diane English is the epicenter. So I just felt I had to mention that. Now, of course, I know this because mm-hmm. when I was a wee child, I wrote a letter to CBS asking for all the titles. <laughs> you are my favorite child. Because I found titles interesting. I they a, are interesting. I had a writer's brain. Didn't realize I had a writer's brain. And they weren't listed for sitcoms. They, and we didn't have them in the paper or the internet. I feel like I didn't really notice TV
1: titles until the printed TV Guide when I was a little older and Friends was going.
0: Yeah, TV Guide eventually started showing the titles. The, the TV yeah. Guide that
1: was in the paper that you would flip out and find the day and it was yeah. all the gray and and white lines and you try to find I
0: noticed because the dramas I would watch would Mm -hmm. have the titles of the opening and then Murphy Brown wouldn't
1: well the first time I ever noticed titles was the fact
0: that friends started with the one oh yeah you know like Mm -hmm. that's when i first noticed it um so i guess they didn't know what to do so cbs just sent me sort of the um airing sheet Mm -hmm. i don't know what it's called it probably has a real name that i can't think of it does but now i have airing sheet in my mind so i'm gonna say yes airing sheet and so it actually lists everything including all the preempted stuff amazing uh so we'll eventually talk about when it was preempted for basketball Mm -hmm. i just find it fascinating fascinating that they didn't play the Christmas episode the next week. Yes, which again, we <laughs> talked about. Um, but weird. anyway. Uh, and then, of course, this episode, as we mentioned before, mm-hmm. was shot out of order. This is supposed to be the second episode of the season. Yes. So last episode when we talked about uh,
1: with Carl approaching Murphy and already knowing that he's pro- proclaimed his love for her, that happens in this episode. So if you're, if you're going back and looking at stuff, the Carl that offers that he is a, a virile man and an, a, a stud option is the Carl that comes after this. Yeah.
0: And then as we go through the episode, we'll talk about what you talked about before mm-hmm. is that putting Murphy being tempted to falling off the wagon mm-hmm. later in the series has so much more resonance than if it was the second episode. It
1: does. And it really, as as we're going to talk about it once we get into this, uh, that it really sells that she's having the worst day. Yeah. Because it takes the worst day ever to cause her to almost beat this machine to death and
0: it's so (laughs) real because that happens in addiction and Mm -hmm. and that's something that people don't talk about that you know you were an addict your entire life and you are fighting that your entire life i mean there's some people who um philip seymour hoffman for example you know clean for decades yeah and then all of a sudden and you can't blame them and it just
1: takes one it just yeah it just takes one bad day it takes whatever the impetus is it's My friend said, she's like, I I have an addiction, and I will have this addiction for the rest of my life, regardless of if I use again or not. I have an addiction. It is not something that just went away with with sheer will. It's the only reason I don't relapse is because of my sheer will, but it will never be gone. I will fight it every day.
0: And that's something I think is important for the public who may not have ever dealt with this or Mm -hmm. had a family member or a friend who had to, Mm -hmm. that that I see when something like this happens or like when you find out that there were traces of drugs in Carrie Fisher's system yep. and it's not her fault no
1: you don't blame somebody for being sick It's
0: it, it really makes me mad but
1: anyway okay. anywho let's so, continue to, let's Jessie, talk about this episode start us off Jesse let's do this so we have our opening vignette it is uh, overscored or underscored Over, it's scored by the way you do the things you do <laughs> Over, under, whatever. I want to sing it now so badly. (laughs) Murphy, you can't. I literally can't. Literally cannot. Murphy is in a great outfit. She's in a gray turtleneck, long turtleneck that um, almost is long enough to be a sweater dress over a skirt. She's walking down the hallway and she is looking a little worse for wear. She's holding some money and she's taking really calming breaths. They're not working. She is not being calmed by these breaths, Mm -mm. but she's trying. And we see her... Now, remind me if I'm wrong. We don't know it's a cigarette machine right away, do we? Or it's just a machine? I know it's a cigarette machine. I mean, I know it is, but I was trying to remember if we only see... It's fine. I only watched this episode three times in prep. I didn't note that. But anyway, she passes the cigarette machine, looks around to see if anyone's watching her.
0: It's such great um, visual acting from Candace.
1: Her physical work in this... We'll talk about something in particular in a second, but her physical work in this opening montage is amazing. Um, So she puts the money in, and it's one of those old school machines where you pull the knob and then the thing comes out she's pulling knob doesn't work she pulls all the knobs doesn't work uh she runs her hands over the top of it and that's what i love love. she's touching it like an old friend and then she does the like a little like smack smack it's so good that you know is like this has worked for her in
0: the past this is what gets a jammed cigarette pack out and also the whole time she's doing it with that sort of like anxiety in her body mm-hmm. that someone's gonna come and find that she's doing this. and i love that she doesn't just slam
1: it really hard out of control she doesn't smack
0: it a few times she, it's like
1: hands go over it she's familiar smack smack it doesn't work and unfortunately she then takes edges of the sides she shakes it like you would you know trying to get your bag of chips out and um her hair is everywhere she lays her arm on the machine her forehead goes down and then she looks around you see the light bulb go and she finds a lamp and starts, and she's lunging in to take it out. And that's when our dear Frank enters with a huge, like, gets, puts himself in uh, between the I machine and her. I love his reaction. With a Murph, what are you doing? It's so great. Call attention to yeah. me. Great. Call attention to me. It's so good. He runs in. I mean, you would think that she was about to beat a child. Yeah.
0: He's like, he's <laughs> just so, he's such a great friend. He's so
1: good. And he's so, he's so genuine in his, his shock and concern. And yeah. that's what I love. He's not, there's no commentary beyond this concern and love for her and yeah, it's such a quick moment but you see how sincere he is and I love it Um, and he realizes what she's going for Um, he tells her she's been doing great and asks her if she's not going to blow it now I love that which again I love his reaction in this episode Jim's reaction as we <laughs> find out later Jim is the one who took her to rehab Like you see that they're invested and in he knows exactly what she's going for and Every moment yeah. for them to, and then it's so crazy that
0: she's so crazed that she has to break it. Yeah, she knows. because he doesn't know that she's <laughs> having a bad day. You know, it could just be that she's just so manic to have a cigarette. Yeah, which she also, I guess, is. But but
1: he's he's being such a great supportive friend, oh, so good. And uh, she tells him that it's been a very strange day, and he wants her to tell her, tell him about it, which again is a. Talk to me. Let's
0: go through yeah. this, as opposed to jumping to a quick fix. So also, I think it's interesting is that, you know, during this thing, she says, I've been out of Betty Ford for a month. Mm-hmm. And that works now. It does. And that was, I think, why I was so surprised when I when Corby told us that this was shot out of order. Exactly. So the first episode, ep- she's been... A- is they, they jumped a month? Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. I wonder
1: if they changed that
0: line. I couldn't tell if it was ADR. Could you see her face?
1: You can. I wonder... I wonder if it was written second and then No, because we know it was filmed. Yeah. Very interesting that they did the pilot and then jumped. Yeah. Which actually kind of makes sense. If you do an establishing episode and then the show, now that we're past that established
0: mm-hmm.
1: moment, now we're gonna jump ahead to yeah. in the life of. We've met these characters, we know this dynamic, now let's jump ahead. Now yeah. they've been with each but other. But it, it oddly just makes it fit. It works. I guess it, it they did themselves a favor being yeah. able to reorder it that way. Mm-hmm she says it's been going okay terrific as a matter of fact but today is different and I love the fact that she acknowledges that there have been good days she's yeah. it. she's actually been doing well and yeah. again is still tracks like she's been out of it for a month she's been following it she has not relapsed yet but today did it for
0: her uh, I love how he takes the sugar out of her hand and then gives her honey oh I love it <laughs> uh, well I love the fact that first she tries to get coffee and mm-hmm. before she can pour it in her cup He puts a teabag in the cup. Yes. He just and then keeps trying to replay. Yes. It's such
1: a beautiful little friend thing to do. It is. And it's it says so much more about their relationship than any like pivotal scene full of lines that say how much you care. It's It's physicality. It's those little moments and they like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, I see what you're doing. That's Mm. fine. I'm just gonna it's it's that idea of while it's her lifelong battle to to fight the addiction, it's he has signed up for a lifelong friendship of just enabling the good and like he signed up to support her through thick and thin through everything even if it's a small conversation in the in the break station he's gonna be there
0: yeah he's he's a committer he is a committer just not with women oh Frank he's so scared Okay,
1: but, go ahead. But, uh, so she has this uh, this great line where she says, I have a very strong urge to walk across the street to Phil's, order a scotch and soda, smoke an entire carton of cigarettes, and listen to Lil Peggy March saying, I will follow him. It's
0: one of my favorite line readings that Candace has ever done. It's so natural. It's, it's just, and also, I mean, the rhythm of the line is great, but it's, ugh. So and she goes, I will follow him. I will follow him.
1: And so this song, many of you probably have heard this song before in a various Forms, uh but the song was recorded in 1961 by uh frank is it frank or Frank? it's a ck i don't know you're asking the dyslexic how to pronounce I'm so something sorry about that um uh, by we're gonna say fronk uh porcel began as an instrumental piece and and then uh it was released also as an ep uh, i believe pardon me as i'm reading things mm-hmm. um they re-released it later It's had many versions. Uh, Petunia Clark did a French language version of it in 1962. And then Little Peggy March's version came out in 1963. That's the one I feel is the most famous, And that's the one they're referencing is Peggy March's. Um, So it was released by RCA Victor. It reached number one on Billboard Hot 100 in 1963. And she was 15 years old at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. She was the youngest female artist to have a U.S. chart-topping single. Uh, Avery's number one in Australia, yeah, in Hong was, Kong, in Israel, South Africa, Uruguay, Canada, New Zealand, and the
0: R&B chart. I should have guessed because she was Little Peggy March. And then Little there was, Peggy March. It was uh, Little Stevie Wonder, right? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Uh, the way that I knew it best growing up, where back to me watching too much Sister Act as a child, was...
0: Shout out to Mark <laughs> Shamish.
1: <laughs> so I knew, obviously I love Sister Act a lot, and she opens with a, a mashup of Heat Wave. And I will follow him. And then at the end they rewrite it to be about God and they sing it for the Pope.
0: I will follow, follow him, follow him, follow him wherever he may go. Ooh. There isn't an ocean too deep. Too deep. Uh, copyright. So <laughs> 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 we'll out on the copyright problems. Uh, so $60,000 degree in voice
1: and speech. It's fine. We're great at this. Frank doesn't want her to go back to her old self.
0: And he said, Remember the Mother Teresa interview? I was so hard on the woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Murphy's like, It's fine. I just have to get through this day. And then my quirky swan's in. And she's wearing this draped blue multicolored scarf. You know it's not December. (laughs) You know it's not December. (laughs) And she's talking about the lovely day she had. She walked through Jefferson Memorial. The squirrels were playing. She's and she's just like having this. Like, could any day be better than this? And then Murphy chimes in that she hit a squirrel with her car on the way in this morning. (laughs) And poor Corey's like, oh, like her reaction is just like, dang it.
0: (laughs) I also love the the reaction on Frank and, and Murphy's face cuz I'd always noticed Murphy but I didn't notice that Frank is also like oh come on like this <laughs> is or maybe he just knows that Murphy's going to say something I don't know yeah. but he looks really uncomfortable while she's talking yeah
1: and Frank says listen Murphy you're not alone you have friends to help you
0: which t- I wrote that's the thesis of Murphy Brown
1: it is it's what makes it so special yeah which immediately causes Jim to go who needs help and and you're right. This is our first slugger yeah, in technically, written form.
0: Technically, it's our first slugger because this problem? was filmed yeah. first. What's the problem, slugger? Yeah. But Which we, my heart just bursts. But technically, we've heard slugger before. But mm-hmm. this is the time. In filming order, this is yeah, the first exactly. slugger.
1: Yeah. So it's the first time they wrote it in. And it, and it makes sense because it's a sweet paternal moment. It's These are the moments that make my heart just burst for Jim. Mm-hmm. And she says, I want to smoke and drink a lot. And he just goes, don't do that. And she goes, okay, oh, there you go. I see I you love, on set.
0: But I love the way she goes, I want to smoke and drink a lot. He goes, don't do it. Okay.
1: There you go. See you on set. He just walks <laughs> yeah. out, like, did it, nailed it. Good out. talk. Good talk. Good, good talk. Uh, I love Jim. So she decides she needs to keep her mind on work. And I love it. She says, she loves the broadcast. She's going to focus on the broadcast. She loves her desk. She loves her chair. Her favorite part is when the mic, when the guy comes up and puts this little mics on her lapels. And then that makes her feel
0: better. Yeah. But- And they're they're in the office now, right? They're
1: in the office. And this is the first time we see the dartboard for this one, which I feel like it's like the prophetic dartboard that says, have a nice day with a smiley face. (laughs) so (laughs)
0: perfect.
1: And Miles enters with, bad news, guys, this show's canceled. uh, Only kidding. And Murphy tries
0: to murder him. <laughs> <laughs> I love when she does this. There's actually an episode where they literally have to carry her out. Yes. It's such a sitcom sort of trophy so moment good. thing. I love that
1: stuff. And so because he's saying the worst thing possible in his miles way. And he says it's the second time she tried to kill him. He says, I'm sorry I thought Smokey Robinson was a forest ranger. <laughs> he's which. referencing Smokey the Bear Kids. I love that joke. Uh, which I love because I got it as a kid. Sure, yeah. Because I knew both of them. Um, Murphy has been – she apologizes, has been a little on itch. Um, he suspects it's because her secretary is making a piñata with her face on it. Or he's suspected he's so because yeah. her secretary is making a piñata with her face on it. And it's – we're talking
0: about the secretary, but we don't see the secretary. They walked past her. They walked past her, but she's we like don't have – an extra. That, I know, yeah. Yeah, we don't
1: have anything. So it's just the piñata secretary. So
0: either, yeah, she's an extra or they cut it out, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Probably because
1: in, uh, in this episode is a unique one because we only have two locations and we're in – well, mm-hmm. three actually. We have a, an ending location. We do, yeah. yeah.
0: But it's uh, it's very simply shot, mm-hmm. and there's no fishbowl, and you can tell if this is the second episode because there's not a lot of stuff in her office. Exactly, it's not pimped out yet with mm-hmm. the Murphyisms.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so Frank has to finish his copy for the show, but he wants her to remember that that they're focusing one hour at a time, and they hold hands like they. It's really beautiful. It's so. It's just—it's their real relationship. You feel the love, and especially because this is the second episode that was filmed, like they already
0: had that. Mm-hmm. It's just so. Well, lovely. then when Frank leaves, like Miles, like pats him on the back. Yeah. Like there's this physicality that, like you know, they're, they're they all sort really of get each other. Yeah.
1: I do see the second episode in. I see where we haven't gone the mileage with Murphy and Miles yet. Yes, and it's a little. We haven't had the scoop episode. Yeah,
0: and he, he, you know, because he does say he wants a better relationship with her, and you're not one of us later on, and 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 it's nothing I thought about when I watched it before, but now knowing that, I go, oh, we haven't had nowhere to bring. Yeah,
1: that the development doesn't quite track for my brain, but I also. Again, trying as we said in our last episode, trying to explain the headcanon that we create and the the bit of the emotional retcon that happens with this mm-hmm. is that I write it off as she's having a really terrible day and she kind of relapsed into not appreciating him. Yeah,
0: and it's not like, you know, because they had that moment and they doesn't shared mean the hug. Fine. Yeah, it doesn't mean they have a real relationship yet. They're just yeah. slowly building towards it. So
1: it does work. The You're not one of us. It does rub me a bit the wrong way, but I also see it as they're in a fairly traumatic and stressful situation. So you say things you don't mean.
0: Yeah. But also in that moment, you can throw at everything. That you, she still doesn't really know him very well. Exactly. So she can throw out everything. And he's not
1: a journalist. Yeah.
0: He just isn't.
1: So just because he, And know, they don't know that he can handle it.
0: Yeah. So it's not knowing it didn't bug me at all. Yeah. It's the being
1: aware of the, the mechanics made me notice yeah. it, but I it hadn't bothered me prior. Not at all. Uh, Murphy gets back to work. Miles sits down. Um, he has really good news. And Murphy's response is Is Diane Sawyer missing?
0: Which, Which I love. It's just great because they're friends. Because they're, they're friends. Yeah. Well, Candace, I mean, and yes. Diane Sawyer.
1: Uh, because, of course, they'd be. Uh, he tells well, Mike Nichols. Yep. Exactly. So he tells her that they've gone up one rating point and he and he does this, we were talking about this earlier
0: he yeah. drums on the desk it's such a great physicality and like a little um it's a little addition kid yeah. thing. like it's so cute i remember and i can't remember but, if it was candace bergen who said it her dying english i think it was diane in this behind the scenes special that they they feel like um grant would like go up into his dressing room with like little beakers you know like figurative beakers and like come up with these little sort of little things that he would do i love it i love that quote um Murphy thinks that it's,
1: um must have been the piece on Nuns After Dark.
0: <laughs> I love about this scene is that she's ignoring him and just typing uh-huh. on an electric typewriter. Hey, that was super fancy at the time. Hey, I, I took a typing class. We had them.
1: I remember my mom's... Or maybe my mom had an electric. I feel like she's gonna text me now and tell me that she had an electric typewriter. But in my brain, as a child, the one I was playing on was old school. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it was electric, actually.
0: I always remember because I used to watch the original Freaky Friday all the time. Yes, is that the mother doesn't know that you have to plug it in. I love that And that's movie. the that's the late early '70s, I think. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, but she doesn't. She can't use it, and she realizes she has to plug <laughs> it in. <laughs>
1: plug it in because it's not just <laughs> it's not just the type yeah. typewriter. This analog yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, she's doing that. She's um, she's making notes with her pencil, and then she's putting it in her mouth. Like she's doing all these Murphyisms and I this kind of the down and dirty. This is the woman who rolls her sleeves up kind of thing. She's focused, and he he tries to tell her that there are things he doesn't know about her that he wants to have a better relationship. And she has this great line about "You're my boss, and you're the same age as Amy Carter." I love that line. Uh, for reference, okay, for people who aren't sure, Amy Carter is Jimmy Carter's daughter. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at The later 90s, and we're looking at Chelsea Clinton, this girl was that. She went in – when he went into office as president, she was nine. So, for their reference – and this was in the 70s when he was in office? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Just making sure I'm – so when – this is an an easy reference for them at the time because that was the child of the president that they've all – she was, like, the eternal child in the political spectrum. And if you're an adult – yeah, the idea and of is, being yeah. Amy Carter's age—she's a child. Doesn't matter that. Yeah, actually, at that point, she well, was graduating college. Just
0: remind me because I was looking for some articles in my scrapbook to bring in for some episodes ahead, mm-hmm. and one of them is about Faith, and she talked about that. Um, for some gift, Candace gave everyone magazines from the year that they were born. Oh, I love that yeah. stuff. And so uh, oh, she was like, she gave it to Faith, and she was like, "I went. I was in college. Yep. <laughs> this, this, this can't be real." Uh, like, and they kind of made fun of her for it. Mm-hmm. And he says,
1: underneath this tough facade is a very insecure human being.
0: Yes, Miles, we know. <laughs> we know,
1: Miles. Uh, Murphy gets, he has something to say. And he says he thinks that her piece on prison conditions was a little down, a little down. And he says, how about a, b- a tour of the Bra Museum of Fredericks of Hollywood?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that. The, the, the repeating Yeah. That happens. Uh, she's clearly going to kill him. And he says, no, we will have a good relationship he is set on connecting with her and um he sees that she's holding one of the darts <laughs> and so he sprints out of there and as she throws it, the door closes and she gets it on the have a nice day dartboard i love that they keep
0: uh, they do a close-up of it and then they fade it's into the, the first next time scene. we focused on the dartboard really yeah and i and the, the show doesn't do that a lot where no. there are close-ups it's, perfect. it's a lot of two shots exactly yeah all right um then we go into um the broadcast uh, John, the stage manager is counting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you love this. Here are the stories for today's episode of FYI. I love the stories. Yeah, Frank is doing "How Safe Are Our Skies," which is obviously about airport mm-hmm. security. Corky's is Halston. Why the Dream Died. So, can we quick talk about
1: Halston? Sure. Do, do you do you know like kind of the history of Halston? Uh, I guess I don't. I know who so, Halston yeah, was. Yeah, it's well, the designer. Yeah. Um, so, Halston actually didn't die much past this. He died in on March 26th, of 1990. Which is actually
0: so he's alive maybe, when this came he out. was.
1: He was diagnosed with AIDS AIDS in 88.
0: Oh, man. Um,
1: But so Halston is an American fashion designer, super big in the 70s. Um, he was very known for being very minimalist. They were very clean. It was often like cashmere and ultra suede. And he the way he kind of revolutionized the industry was that he believed that women can wear the same clothing for the entire day on any occasion. So he created, huh. yeah, this concept of, like, you can wear the same thing all day. You can go from work to night, and you don't have to have, like, a specific thing. I had a Barbie like that. Yeah. And, like, the idea of, of day to night was was challenged with this, or, like, your house dress wasn't a concept. Very popular with, like, Angelica Houston and, you know, these women. And I'm seeing it now. Yep, right? So it's it's very interesting. So he uh, he was very influential, especially with uniforms. He was um, contracted by Airways to do their flight attendant uniforms. Oh, interesting. Right, it's it's fascinating. Um, and it started to go down because he licensed with department stores, specifically like J.C. Penney, did Halston too. And then people started saying that he lost value and became cheap
0: i feel like people do that today though
1: they do now but then it was a huge thing and it basically killed the oh man oh how the dream died how the dream died i get it now so by this point when this aired he um halston had not necessarily become a joke but he had lost the the concept of being couture or fashion forward because he'd become he'd become affordable and accessible now it's been taken over since his death and it's it's a respected line. You have um, H by Halston and Halston mm-hmm. Heritage and so on and it's been kind of picked up but it's changed over time. But that's what Halston she's referring to was.
0: Gotcha. Then Jim throws it to Murphy. She always seems to be the first main story. Usually. I mean, it's Yeah it's Murphy. Inner recesses of the nuclear power plant.
1: Fascinating. Uh, I
0: also realized um, lately that I think that when Murphy does her on-air voice, mm-hmm. I think she's doing Diane Sawyer.
1: I absolutely agree, because I kept thinking of this. Behind- I feel like Candace went to Diane, probably. And well, again, her. they're friends; they know each other.
0: And in fact, um, I was just reading that she originally wanted Murphy's townhouse to look like Diane's house. I mean, but it just didn't read on do camera. Do what you know. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly because I had this behind the scenes that I would watch all the time from Primetime Live. Of course you did. Behind the scenes on a, a Colleen Dewhurst episode, actually. So when oh. we get to that episode, we will watch it. It is so amazing. Colleen, I so good. So... And at one point, Tyne is just in. Uh, <laughs> she's just in Murphy's office, and she picks up the Redskins um, <laughs> like mug, and she goes, "Go Redskins, go Redskins." And it's it's, just, it's a very deep. She goes, she goes, "Go Redskins," and it's like I always think of that in my head, and it makes me laugh. <laughs> Um, I have to, for my people, I apologize.
1: I am a Vikings fan and it hurts me to say go Redskins, but I'm just quoting, sorry.
0: But, uh, it's sort of my own in-joke. <laughs> you just say it when you pick up mugs. I <laughs> do. Go Redskins. Because <laughs> it's it's just very like, you know, I'm an anchor. And listen, I love Diane Sawyer. But uh, yeah. so I thought I would just at, sort of add that. So uh, Murphy's about to talk about her story. And then a random guy comes and won't go away. Well, the
1: best part is he just kind of appears in the background. And at first you're like, maybe he's not in camera sight. And he's yeah. like a techie. But he just keeps going. And you see her slowly notice and it she and then she ignore should continue, it
0: yeah or and then john and miles are like come on come on like trying to get him to like get out of the camera I shot love it because
1: they're like crouched down like they're crawling underneath the camera yeah. site so they're at the base
0: of the desk and like gesturing at i him mean this episode out. is such a great to show that the idea of making it a live show yeah was really smart absolutely because even the if the stakes it, are so high exactly even if it's not a guy with a gun it's things can happen exactly and that brings when
1: corky steals the story and devil with the blue dress on
0: right that would never happen if it wasn't recorded yeah they wouldn't they
1: just stop her and give her talking to and then give it to murphy whereas when it's live you have to save face
0: yeah and that's why murphy does the other story i mean there's and there's going to be a lot more episodes where being live Mm -hmm. is brings about a conflict yep which wouldn't normally happen so finally murphy you know excuse me sir (laughs) <laughs> we're doing a broadcast here and he said that he'll, you know he'll leave um, as long as she reads his personal statement Murphy says no you know journalists don't do that mm-hmm. and then uh, he pulls out a gun Miles asks them to cut the cameras but then he points the gun at him and so he says leave the cameras on well, um, he doesn't
1: just point the gun at him he turns around and says cut the cameras and then the gun is in his back
0: oh I forgot and that he says, keep rolling keep rolling I forgot That's, that makes more sense
1: it's we'll finish this and I'll talk Yeah.
0: So Murphy introduces herself, and he's like, I know who you are. His his name apparently is Henry. Henry Tucker. Thank you. Murphy says uh, that he really doesn't want to do this. And then (laughs) uh, Henry catches Frank creeping down on the ground (laughs) and asks him what he was going to do. And Frank is like, well, I was going to drop down, uh, crawl quietly across the floor, grab your ankles, throw you off balance, and then grab the gun. And Henry thinks that Frank is a lunatic. <laughs> I took a shot. That's what I love. Like, I know. Come on. John reminds people that, of course, you know, people are watching because it's live. Because it's live. And then Henry introduces everyone by pointing the gun at them. Oh, I'm sweet Corky. She starts to cry. Which I
1: would. Here's the deal. Again, we were talking about earlier about life since mm-hmm. in our current political world climate i can't laugh at this episode and because just today there was another shooting in Fayette county like it's i even talking about it as you're describing like he puts mm. the gun to miles back like the stuff it i that's probably why i forgot it exactly it's it's a it's very traumatic to see gun violence right now because it is And honestly, I kind of hope that the new show talks about this. Um, I think it will. I I would be surprised if it didn't. But maybe not this episode again, but it's – it is a different world right now where it's not just, oh, that'd be terrible. It's in, yeah, of course this happened. I mean, not to get too morbid, but I mean, since this aired – we saw a woman get shot on live broadcast.
0: Yeah. We've seen that. Um, that's the first thing I thought of. Because, exactly. Um it wasn't until we talked to Corby mm-hmm. that she told us that this is based on a real event. My, Yeah. You want to talk about it? Yeah. So I, I have, found this cool article. Yeah. Uh, Lauren found this great article and it's
1: what it's based on. Uh, so this was the is from August 20th, 1987, and it's um, an intruder with a
0: Also, note 1987. That means this Mm -hmm. just happened. It
1: just happened a a year prior. So, this was a year and a few months ago. And it's in
0: LA, too, which is why Corby said everyone then knew it, you know. Yep. Uh,
1: So, a man pointed what appeared to be a handgun at KNBC TV consumer reporter David Horowitz during a live broadcast and demanded that he read a rambling statement on air about the CIA and space aliens. Uh, The intruder was eventually taken to custody a few minutes later luckily it wasn't as long as this episode (laughs) Um, but he was identified as as Gary Stolman he was 34 from Tallahassee Florida and and he's the son of a former KNBC pharmaceutical reporter uh, Max Stolman he walked up behind just like with Murphy he walked up behind Horowitz and handed him a statement and unlike this episode Horowitz took the statement he put his spectacles on he said ladies and gentlemen there's a man here who wants me to read a statement Uh, and then he does the same thing Murphy does he says can I get your name sir and then, Gary, where are you from? Oh, like that's he, interesting. And what I love is this quote from Horowitz says, the guy came up and put a gun in my back. My first reaction was, I can't believe this is happening. His first words to me were, read this or I'll shoot you. And again, I'm getting like agitated right now. Um, people told me later how calm I looked, but believe me, I wasn't. And it's the same thing where I remember watching Murphy in this episode and being like, man, she is handling this. And like, I know that they're... Journalists and both Murphy and and Frank, who's an investigative journalist, they talk about this later um, when Henry's talking to him, like they've been out in the field, they've been in dangerous situations, but they handle it with such grace and such compassion for the gunman.
0: Mm -hmm. and it's very interesting that this happened as well Mm -hmm. he it's Mm -hmm. the casting also is someone who appears harmless yes and that can be Mm -hmm. deceptive kind yes and that can be deceptive sometimes yes
1: also adrenaline kicks in absolutely well and i've learned I, i inherited my my mother's reaction to stress and trauma which is when it's something really big i get very calm i just make sure that everything is i make sure everything gets settled before i panic so I've been in in scary car situations i've I've been in my own personal trauma um when I was uh, attacked once and so on and so forth and I stay very calm until I know I or others are safe mm-hmm. and then I'll freak out so there's a thing that
0: adrenaline and fight or flight or you know your, I actually your reaction I had does. a fight or flight um mm-hmm. thing that taught me I always think of it as an actor and as a human how you are still an animal yep. I won't go into my full 9/11 story, mm-hmm. but um, I was in grad school, as I mentioned, um, I think in the last episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we didn't know if school was closed or what was happening, and so eventually I ended up in a sort of atrium mm-hmm. with, with an open, you know, ceiling because there was no ceiling, and I heard a plane, mm-hmm. and I just ran, mm-hmm. and then I stopped very shortly and started laughing at myself yep. because if that was a plane, me running was not going to help. Nothing. Yeah. Yep. And then my friend came up and she's like, "It's okay, we're fine. It's one of us." And I and I was very calm. And then for the rest of the time, I was sort of in this sort of denial. So mm-hmm. my brain didn't get what was happening, yep. but my body did. Absolutely. And so that can happen too. Well, I found out um, when I when
1: I was attacked by some unknown men to the state. But I I've always said that I I would like to think that I'm a fighter fight in a fight or flight person but I also hope that I'm pragmatic enough to get out mm-hmm. and take care of myself and not put myself in unnecessary harm and I found out in that scenario that apparently I was both I fought to get myself out of it and then I got out but something I found very interesting with the the lizard brain as we call it is that in those moments your brain stops making linear memories um I found this out in uh oh, I've PTSD heard therapy. I have heard this yes yeah so there are things that you will not conceptually remember after the fact uh, there are things that are a uh, sense memory that I have from that. But I'll never remember the moment to moment that we do in normal life. I wouldn't be able to give you a linear story. And it's because you just do what your body tells you you need to do. And that part of that, that, that cerebral human part of your brain shuts off until it's ready to come back. It's fascinating. It fascinates me. So I love that he says, you know, everyone thought I was so calm and I wasn't. The guy came in at 4.42 p.m., and 28 seconds later, we went to black. We cannot allow people with guns or weapons of any kind to take a television station hostage.
0: And that's what Miles does. This is what happens with Miles.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it said apparently he, he scoped the studio out before. He came in uh, days prior. He said um, he was the gentleman's son who he was. And um, that he'd never had an opportunity to see his dad while he was on air. And so he came to watch. Mm. Um, and they said he seemed a little unstable or maybe not very bright. But they wrote it off because he knew someone. He said, "The man who has appeared on KNNBC for the past three years is not my biological father. He is a clone, a double created by the Central Intelligence Agency and alien for- forces. It is only a small part of a greater plot to overthrow the United States government and possibly the human race itself."
0: Now, wasn't it a toy gun? Because that surprised me. It was. Me.
1: It was a toy gun, and that's why it was. It was. It was. He was taken to custody within a few minutes mm-hmm. uh, because what he did is he came up behind, and no one could see what the gun was. Of course, and. So Horowitz said he just kept thinking of his wife and kids. Um, I didn't know if the guy was a terrorist or a wacko or somebody trying to get even for something. My fear, he said, was that if any police came into the studio and and there was a marksman there and he fired at this guy, I might be caught in the crossfire or this guy might pop a shot off and get me through the back of the head or whatever because I was not aware of the fact that this guy had a toy gun. Mm -hmm. So he did what he said and he read the statement. And he said when he finished the statement... Stolman said, "Thank you, David. I couldn't have harmed anyone with this unloaded BB gun." He put the pistol down on the table. The co-anchor grabbed it, and the police swarmed in to make the arrest. And they said, "You can't even call it a pellet gun. It was just for children." They, it's, but the fact was, is n- you don't take a chance. No. And and but that's what inspired this episode was that
0: scenario. And luckily,
1: no one was harmed.
0: Yeah, but so back to the episode. When Henry introduces everybody, Corky cries when the gun is pointed out her. And then Henry introduces himself, um, but it kind of goes on a little too long. <laughs> and Miles says, America is switching to 30-something. And this is our second 30-something. Second 30-something. And in a row, right? I think so. Yeah, because it was in Baby Love also. Which is interesting because Corby told us that that's actually one of Diane's rules, is to not mention other television mm-hmm. shows. So she was surprised when we brought it up. That it was mentioned, yeah. Something
1: about thirty something. Mm.
0: Something, something's
1: in her craw. About thirty something. (laughs) I love that Henry says, "I'm Henry Tucker, a gunman." (laughs) That's when you. I mean, that's the thing is that this this episode, and I maybe it was to to kind of offset the serious nature of what was happening. It's a sitcom. You you immediately. I mean, I don't know if a sitcom could do it right now.
0: To be honest, oh, definitely Um, not. Definitely not today.
1: But the fact that they we started off with this guy is actually harmless as long as everyone's nice to him he will be harmless mm-hmm. uh, and the, the stakes are there but also not
0: and robert harper um who was on gilmore girls and la mm-hmm. law picket fences and murder she wrote yes you know he he usually played these kind of like unassuming characters so mm-hmm. i definitely feel like the casting was on purpose the audience brain was like he's fine yeah he is harmless he's a comedic character yes he may have a gun but he's a comedic character He asks Murphy to read the statement again. She says, no. She says, if every newsroom um, did that, they would be overrun with terrorists. And that the rule of all journalists believe in very strongly. And she goes to everyone, is that right, guys? Well, I love
1: it. It's a code of ethics that all journalists believe in.
0: Oh, I missed a word, yeah. And, uh, And Corky yells, holding her tissue, read the statement. So it's sort of a little joke that Corky's not a real journalist
1: but she she's going to work hard. Do I have I have comments about Corky later and how okay. she is misused as the weepy weak female which is completely natural and anybody oh, else would be weeping. I think it fits who Corky is at this time but, though. But but there is something that happens later that proves that she's just as badass as the rest of them.
0: Yeah, but no nope, we'll, we'll talk. Okay, we'll talk. Okay. Um,
1: she's not just she's still a journalist and she's still a strong person. Oh yes, she is
0: so Murphy tells him that it's a losing battle because she figures that it's not a real gun, like the real story. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Henry shoots out a light because it is a real gun. It's a real gun. To which Corky gives one of my favorite lines it's in the episode. So good. Because it, it literally cuts out the light above her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's just great. On top of everything else, I'm poorly lit. Because as far as they all know,
1: they're still on camera. Yes. And then she, yeah, they sort of stop
0: sobbing. And then uh, Miles tells John that we better go to a commercial break, which of course is a great time for the real show to have a commercial break.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, we come back from commercial, and what I love is that they say like we're back, and Henry is having his makeup touched up by the makeup crew <laughs> because if he's going to be on camera mm-hmm. they might as well take away the I, shine
0: I, I do love that also uh these makeup people will be throughout the show yes. you know, the recurring uh, background well, artists. and it's
1: smart on their part to make him feel included <laughs> in the broadcast because it's putting him on their side i mean if you think about like hostage negotiation mm-hmm. they're treating him like one of them sure as opposed to you're the bad guy and I think that's super smart on a on a like micro level of how they're. It's it's funny that they're putting makeup on him, but it's also if you're looking at somebody's holding you guys hostage, the more that you can connect that we are the same, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweet Corky's still crying. Uh, Frank comes around to to talk to him, and as he stands up from the desk, we see that from the waist down, he's dressed for tennis in <laughs> some short shorts, <laughs> and. He says he's like I've got a I've got a tennis match already scheduled for later, and he starts like kind of explaining for the camera in this sheepish way, and he's like, "This is the first time I've ever that he's ever done this," and which of which Murphy's like Frank.
0: But my favorite thing because it's Joe's delivery he mm-hmm. goes. I do have the pants. I do have the pants. And it says, like, I'm going to keep talking, you yep. know? Like, he's about to, and Mur- Murphy's just like, we're, we're done. Um, I but just, I just love that line reading. No, I love that. It. it comes after the, Yeah.
1: Um, so Henry shares that he's his his favorite and that he lists all the great things that Frank has done. And he's done, He's he's gone, he went swimming with a great white shark. Uh, he's done these scary, th- he lists all of the stuff that Frank yeah. has done and it establishes Frank's.
0: Yeah, I think it's really great that we get to a sense of, like, what Frank does? Yeah, because
1: until recent, except for some of the headlines that they say that they're going to be covering, we haven't we haven't really seen who Frank is, as far as his job in FYI. Mm-hmm. We've seen a, his relationships with the others, but this is the first time we get to see, we're like, oh, Frank is cool. Um, and he, then he launches into that, using it I mean like would they just need to go do men things and eat steaks and drink, and then he'll go get Sheila and Dee Dee, and they'll go out in the town, <laughs> and then. Henry stops listening to him and starts looking really intently at the top of his head. And he goes, is that, I? yeah, I see the seam. And he like turns to announce to the crew and the cameras that that is a toupee on Frank's head. And Frank goes, why don't you just shoot
0: me? Can we talk about the toupee, please? Can we? I've been wanting to talk about this toupee yes, for most of my let's life. let's talk. So this this is my issue. I, I love the fact that he has an on-screen persona in a way with the wig and yep. that he doesn't wear it in real life. hmm how come he's never been outed if he doesn't wear it in real life? I also want to know when he goes and swims with sharks, does he wear the toupee? Like, how does he I'm go sure on he assignments? A swim cap. Okay, but still, he, so he goes on assignments and mm-hmm. and wearing the wig, like he seems to be in very scary sort of you know life threatening situations. Frank hats. The, okay, um, hats. I just but he walks some, around life also, without the toupee. Strong tape, but he man. does. But he never wears in the office. He comes in from stuff. Not wearing yeah. it, so he's out in everyday life without the wig. He dates women without the wig. Yeah. So how come no one knows? It's remember, it's not the
1: internet TMZ culture. Okay. There's not. I mean, Murphy is a household name, and so on. It doesn't necessarily mean that Frank is like cover page paparazzi stuff. You they know, they're like,
0: all known.
1: They are all known, but there's a, there's different levels of what the public's actually interested as far as social lives and and their look. Frank is not the chic leading man that's being put on as like the sexiest man alive. Nobody's following him for that. They're following him for okay. the story. All so right. I believe that people and again, we're not looking at a regular like fashion blog who's following them and snapping pictures as often as possible. I truly believe that he can totally get away with like walking in, especially because a number of times that we don't recognize celebrities in real life because they're not dressed up and they don't have a camera for them. That could be true.
0: They'd maybe not recognize him because he doesn't have the hair. We've seen him wear
1: caps before. If he's on assignment and he's like in the bush somewhere, he's probably wearing a hat. It's he could. A lot of
0: pressure, a lot of double life stuff there, Frank. Accept yourself, Frank. That's okay. No ex
1: girlfriend talk to the toddler, right? You're, you're a good man. You're fine. You're fine without that
0: toupee. Oh, I think so.
1: I, I think he's perfectly fine. Um, so Murphy has an announcement that she really wants a cigarette, <laughs> and no one wants to hear it. Um, and she says it's been a hard day, and she's like, "I will pay you. I will pay fifty dollars or fifty bucks." And then Carl appears from behind the cameras, and he says, "I feel her pain," and he says he's going to give her one. And Murphy will, says she'll never forget this. And then Carl says the most wonderful thing: "Of you're a hell of a woman, Murphy Brown." Mm. He says, "I love you deeply." And what I love is that Rich, who plays him, does this big breath and then this release out after he says that. He says, I'm finally glad, I'm glad I finally get to let my true feelings come out. Murphy, if we ever come out of this alive, I want you to be my woman.
0: I love the fact that everyone groans, meaning everyone knows. Everyone knew. Everyone knows that he is a crush on Murphy. Except for Murphy. Except for
1: Murphy. And she's just staring at him, holding the cigarette. And he says he's so glad to get it off his chest. And she holds it and kind of looks at him like. I may not smoke it right away, though.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so uh, Miles gets off the phone. He was talking to the network. It's the Nielsen Hall of Fame. The ratings are just through the roof. And he goes, Cosby, eating my dust. Another <laughs> television reference. Yep. Which, of course, makes sense. Like, that was the biggest show. Uh, so Miles sets the scene. The man is a maniac. The gun is loaded. You're all going to die. Go. <laughs> I love <how> he starts <laughs> it with, let's not get lazy here. <laughs> 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 We're all going to die. Go. Uh, and then uh, Henry just says, if she, if she doesn't read the statement in 13 minutes, he's going to do something drastic. So Murphy decides that they all need to, you know, they need, the game needs to huddle, mm-hmm. figure things out. You need to huddle sometimes. I love that Henry's like, are you going to talk about me?
1: She's like, no, no, no. no. And she directs the cameras Camera to not them. look at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so I love how he believes them. <laughs> Murphy believes they have to come up with a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank's idea is that they should all rush him because um, there's so many of them that only one of them will die. Which I love. The Murphy goes new plan, new plan, uh, and then Corky decides that she's going to take. Oh, this is my moment for Corky. You take she it. Has, take it. Tell no, us.
1: she has one of the greatest moments. It's in a the, great moment because she. It's not just that she tries to seduce him; it's that she says she's not going to wait around for anyone to save her.
0: Mm, she answer, says that she does. She says
1: sometimes a woman has to do what a woman has to do, and this is another moment of women not finding power in ignoring their femininity or sexuality but being like you know what this is a tool this is a weapon if i take control of this i can use it and it's the same thing with like yes we make fun of the fact that she's like oh my lighting is out and so on and so forth but she's not a weaker woman for caring about that she knows her brand she knows her who she is as a product i'm not disagreeing she knows it but i love that moment of like she she says i'm not gonna wait around for anyone to save me I was like,
0: yes, Corky! I love this scene. I love what Corky does. Yep. I love that she gets strong. I love that she gets upset. I love upset. Hear her accent. But she's wielding a weapon she doesn't know how to wield.
1: Yet. But yet, she knows yet, it's a yet. weapon, and she has the confidence to figure it out.
0: Because now, looking back at this, mm-hmm. I know uh, how experienced Corky is. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's, again, um, but I, I, but I, I love her like, for This it. is my weapon. She's not good at it yet. I also love... But she knows it. That she... Well, I guess I'll, we're skipping ahead, though. But she, ta- she takes her hair out, or ponytail, and sit w- it around and, you know, walks over to him and asks if he's married. Like, it's all these like, little things that maybe she's, you know, seen other people do. Yep. Or I guess, you know, works with the men back home. She's trying. And uh, she's trying to, to, to let him know that she finds him attractive and mm. they he should just stop all this nonsense and they should go away together. She goes, okay, I'll wear the sash and crown. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Give you a night to remember. Yeah, put the gun away, and I'll give you a night to remember. That's the that's the line that got me because I was like, Corky, you don't know that yet. Ugh. but you're trying. She's trying. Fake it till you make it. So Corky gets rejected. Oh wait, I did. I did skip the best part too. Is when she goes, "There's something about you that's dangerous." He goes, "It's the gun." It's the gun.
1: <laughs> you can hear like the dot 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 in yeah. his voice. goes, "It's, it's the, the gun. gun,"
0: and he says. <laughs> That He's so sorry, but uh, he doesn't feel about her the way that she feels about him. Which Corky's never had to worry about this kind of rejection. No, of course not. Former Miss America, she can get any man she wants. I am Miss America. I open myself up to you, (laughs) it's so good. I allow myself to be vulnerable, and you wipe your feet with me. You wipe your feet with
1: me. My love is when she turns around and goes, We're
0: dog food. that's so funny i didn't know what she was saying i thought she was saying we're done for we're dog food oh that's the accent oh that's so funny maybe I it always, is done for but i always i said, heard dog food i always i didn't i should have put it on closed caption i always thought she said we're done for i heard we're dog food that makes more sense honestly i i think
1: i think you're right my head cannon of the louisiana girl is she'd say that's the one time she'd say something like dog food but i might be wrong that
0: makes sense because i thought it was we're done foo with I thought it was the accent thing. Accents are tough. My, I love that he's like, "What's with the accent?" <laughs> I'm from Louisiana. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Faith. I can't do a Louisiana accent. Yeah, I'm Faith does better than both of us, okay. but it is wonderful. <laughs> so then Murphy starts singing to a cigarette. She sings to her
1: cigarette. To She's a cigarette, holding
0: it, singing to it, and Charles Kimbrough
1: does the world's greatest dance. We've talked about the love of gym dance. Oh my God! It's These, like so held fists. in, and they're just they're bopping. They're just bopping back and, and, I had, and forth. I never like like in the, the background. background. I
0: noticed him, and I was like, yeah. "What is he? Oh my god, what is it's he doing?" It's the best.
1: It's uh, you wrote "Tiny Hand Dancing," and it's I did. so true. It's
0: like do 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 do, and then like oh, Frank so and Frank good. is lip syncing to Murphy singing, which yes. I didn't realize, and kind of like moving his arms around, and then and Miles is like drumming the desk oh, from below. It's, it's so, so good. good. No, this cut, this song mm-hmm. is on the Murphy Brown soundtrack. Oh, is it? Yes. Which means that I had heard this before I ever years before I saw this episode. Oh, funny. In fact, I thought the stop it, stop it was Miles. Oh. I thought it was him, yeah. and so the whole thing to stop it, stop it, and then I'm going, and I'm going to another song. Yeah. I had memorized. Uh, I used to at least not knowing what episode it was from or what it was, and so I was so excited when this show came into syndication, and Aww. I could watch this episode, and I was like, oh my god, it's from this, and it's just it's it's just such a a great scene. It's so good and uh, you see they're all starting to crack <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah it, it, it's it's almost you know something that you do after you know you've been up studying for a really long time You're like and, at this
1: point whatever
0: yeah <laughs> and corky's even like she's upset but she's like shaking her leg a little bit well, and she's like bobbing her head yeah and he says is this some kind of torture thing <laughs> but what's great too is that the lines she's singing to the cigarette mm-hmm. you know set me free what oh, i can't really can't, can't sing, sing it. It. yeah set me i can't sing it okay Set me free, why don't you, babe? Get out my life, why don't you, babe? Ooh, 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 ooh. Because you don't really need me. You keep me hanging on. Why do you keep a coming around playing with my heart? Sing along if you know it. I feel like such an idiot. <laughs> don't you get out of my life and let me make a brand new start. Let Let's... me get over you the way you've gotten over me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I call that my uh,
1: sexy NPR, Lauren.
0: <laughs> Sexy NPR, Lauren. Not sold in stores. Only here. Do you want to talk a little bit? Of-
1: yeah. So the the song is actually called "You Keep Me Hanging On." It's a 1966 song written and composed by our good friends Holland Dozier Holland. We'll eventually just call them H D H. It became I just behind-
0: like the way
1: you say that Holland-Dozier-Holland.
0: Holland-Dozier-Holland. Holland-Dozier-Holland. Holland Dozier Holland Holland Dozier Holland Holland Dozier Holland Holland Dozier Holland. Dozer Holland. Holland, Dozier Holland. Holland, Dozier Now Holland. it's a miser exercise. Oh, God. So it became
1: uh, popular on the Billboard Hot 100. It was number one um, for the Motown group, The Supremes. I think we've heard of that before. I think so. Uh, they were on the Motown label proper. Funk Brothers are good buds. Uh, the song's signature guitar part is said to have originated from a Morse code-like radio sound effect. So cool. It was typically used before a news announcement. Oh, How apt is that? Look at that. How apt
0: mm. can we be, I think we can the f y i story <laughs> turn yeah. so Jim's gonna take over, and this is also one of my favorite moments jim, Jim, I jim. love it, so jim, 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 hey jim. now <laughs> it's the best
1: they're doing my inner monologue of loving Jim,
0: um <sighs> so he goes into sort of a a, a very anchorman talk, you know, um. And and then even more so after he decides that he's going to talk about his past of being a journalist, because, you know, he doesn't just put on an expensive suit and read the news. He's a real journalist. It was cold at the Yellow River. Oh, God. I just, I want to hear
1: Jim tell me the tale for hours, and which then, he
0: does. Cut to, it's been a while, obviously, because everyone's bored. Murphy, Frank, and John are playing cards. And I like that Murph has the, the cigarette in her mouth, like an oral
1: fixation. She's not smoking it. It's just know. in there as I like really, a comfort. I really, love that.
0: And and Jim's like, uh, you wake up in 30 years have passed, which is so interesting now, right? And <laughs> Right. I heard that line. I was like, oh, my well, God. They have, actually. <laughs> you find dust in, in your sheets. You know what that is, Henry? It's little pieces of you that died in the night. <laughs> and then Henry just goes, this is depressing. Like <laughs> So, uh, finally, you know, he can't take it anymore. And he says, if, if you don't read the statement, I'll shoot her. And points to Corky. And, and nobody no, cares. I you know, it's really sad. That's when I was like, um, no. That's when it bothered me a little bit, I have to say.
1: Like, they care when Miles gets grabbed, but they don't care when Corky, who is closer to, quote unquote, one of their own. That makes me so sad for her.
0: I, but here's the thing. I always thought it was funny before the recent climate. Yes, exactly. I always thought it was funny. So, because
1: the, the snapping again we're we're traumatized by our current
0: current climate and I always thought that that moment was so funny Um, but I think honestly it's also more about because the way Murphy's like okay now like I I don't think it's necessarily about Miles I think it's about like okay stop it stop it that's the thing they're still not taking him seriously and I think that's where the the dismissal comes Mm -hmm. from is that they don't
1: they truly they've seen this guy, he hasn't cracked yet. They've seen that he, he seems to mean well, he seems to care, he is respectful. So I don't think anyone believes that he is actually going to hurt them. I think they're all waiting for him to give up.
0: Yeah. And and he, he's got the gun in Miles' back. It's really mm. it's really scary. <laughs> yeah, I, it's super scary. Yeah. Um Miles pretty much demands that Murphy read the statement. She argues with him and then he orders her as her boss, pretty much. To read it. To which Murphy says, you're not one of us, Miles. You don't have the stuff. Oh, my heart. And then Murphy proceeds to read the statement, which she's so serious and so committed to it. She's reading it like a normal copy. She is. She might even agree with some of it. I Um, agree with a lot of it. (laughs) Candace just sells it. He's upset that people um, are driving slow in the fast lane.
1: As he says, the left lane is for passing only.
0: He's got a whole litany of things, actually.
1: And uh, as I'm listening, it's like what we said about walking on the sidewalks of New York City. I was like, I don't disagree with you. I just disagree with your methods. Yeah, it's like really calm road rage from the gunman. Mm -hmm. And he's nodding along every time she's saying it. Yeah,
0: and he says, "Let's hope it does. It does some good." Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So he says he's going to he's going to turn himself in. He gives Miles the gun, Mm -hmm. and he says that if he's on a SWAT team outside, he's going to be disappointed. (laughs) You won't be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. (laughs) And Jim. Jim just
1: wraps it up. He just looks at the camera. Yeah, and this has been another edition, edition of FYI.
0: It's it's great. and uh, But only of course we find out later that they have not been on they air. They have the not been on air. That as soon as he came on the stage, Miles called up. Well, and did we say earlier, Miles,
1: when he got off the phone and said, like, eat, like Cosby, eat our dust. Like, he said he was, the Nielsen. Yeah, he breeze. was lying. Yeah, he was lying the entire time. Yeah. He was ramping it up to sell it, but he brought them to black the second that gun yeah. and out.
0: Murphy is super impressed and realizes mm-hmm. that he does have the stuff
1: he does and I love it because the way that Grant Shaw does it he really is he's very self-assured he doesn't stand up to tell this he did to prove himself he's actually sitting back and saying no I cut to black immediately and the way he said it you you see the professional in him you see the potential of the professional in him mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and then I forgot, of course, before this is that um, Carl brings her her coat <laughs> and Carl says, let's go somewhere where we can be ourselves. And it's he, he's so sincere.
1: It's so, it's not, it's not done in a kooky way. It's not done for laughs. And it, when she, when she says she's going to give the cigarette back to him, he says, I'm not going to give up in such a simple, confident. Sweet
0: way. Sweet way. And it's they, so lovely. They could have played this for laughs. Oh, the mm-hmm. fat guy is asking yeah. Murphy out. And, the, and they don't. And she doesn't blow
1: him off. She's very respectful and sweet yeah. to him back. And what I love is the moment when he takes the cigarette back and he, he closes it, it closes it in his fist and then kind of shakes
0: it with this like, yeah, I'm not going to give up. Yeah, and it's not creepy. It's very sweet.
1: It's, sweet. it's, it's oh, I love him.
0: So, my, so everyone's hugging, you know, they're so glad that it's over. And Miles asks if he can have a hug um, eventually when they're, you know, by themselves. And, and at first she's like, no. But then she goes, oh, what the hell?
1: When they come out of the hug, you know they're saying, "Are you okay?" Like, genuinely asking each other, "Are you okay?" And then he says about the the Nielsen ratings, like, "I was this close to being that first
0: episode of Roots." And if people don't know, Roots was
1: huge. Huge. It was a miniseries starring. You may have heard of LeVar Burton. Mm-hmm. Cuenta quinte. Um.
0: It's. It was. Industry changing. And it blew the ratings. And you couldn't record it, so you had to be home. Yep. My mother was pregnant at the time, and she was worried that she would go into labor during Roots. Oh,
1: my God. That's so specific, and I love it. (laughs) It's true. It is. And what I love is as she walks away, she gives him her next story that she thinks is going to help his ratings, which is, nymphomania, compulsive behavior, or just plain fun? Eh. (laughs)
0: she's got him
1: and the ending of our episode is we're back at Murphy's house and we Murphy walks in and Eldon is there he's painting she wasn't expecting him it's midnight and she screams Mm. and it's not a pretty scream it is an Mm -hmm. ugly ah, guttural scream it is amazing and his reaction (laughs) is saying this is
0: why you're not married (laughs) and also I realize like all the scaffolding is what Mm we saw later And so the, you you can connect it back to the scaffolding also that it was filmed first. Exactly. So Because the last episode, she had a full living room set.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was fine. But before that, she had all kinds of scaffolding. Yep. She starts ranting at him because it's like the last straw. She survived all of this. It was the worst day ever. She says, you're supposed to be here for a three-day job, and you've been here for three weeks. And he proceeds to say, I'm an artist. I see things. And he points to the wall, and he says, I thought it was this, but no, it's Florentine Siena. And then he does like the, the pre-Grover meme, which is, look over there, now look back. Big improvement. She just starts talking to herself in the same way that Frank was saying earlier, that just like hour by hour, she just goes, 15 more minutes, and this rotten day is over. And as she's walking away, Eldon says, you think you had a bad day? Well, And he starts going off in this paint store epic that he went through, where he needed like Burmese gold and scarab green mixed. And they did two parts scarab green and one part Burmese gold. And people don't take pride in their work anymore.
0: It starts with the turkey roll. It starts with the turkey roll. So beautiful. And uh, that is another episode of Murphy Brown. And it is,
1: it's, let me tell you, risky episode that really yeah. paid off. And it, it blows my mind maybe that's why they, they they did
0: that. They kind of pushed it then. Maybe mm-hmm. they felt like it was better after the show was more established. And
1: I think that a lot of the things that happen, um her going for the cigarette machine, even Carl, all of the a lot of things pay off in a in a really
0: satisfying way. I think being done later, so much better and and nothing that was planned. And sometimes you get the most mm-hmm. interesting things when you don't plan something yep. and you have happy accidents.
1: Well, and it's we're way more invested in who they are, so mm-hmm. the risk that they may be hurt hits so much harder now than if it was the second episode.
0: And we had a lot of episodes where it was Murphy with, with Corky and mm-hmm. Murphy with Miles now and it's Murphy the and gang. Jim. And yeah. now it's the gang. So that's kind of nice.
1: And the gang together and how they handle stress. Mm-hmm.
0: If you are not following us on social media... Please do. Please do. What are you doing? Or if you're only following us on one social media... Follow us on all social medias. We do different things on all the social media. We do. Media. You might miss something. Like, for example, last episode, Baby Love, mm-hmm. Instagram, we put up young, young baby versions of us. Yes, to match the opening montage. Yes. So but who knows what we're going through? That pass. wasn't on Twitter or Facebook. Wasn't. Mm-mm-mm. So we are the same everywhere. We're mm-hmm. Murphy Brown Pod, yes. P O D. We're also murphybrownpod.com. Murphybrownpod at gmail. Yes. So definitely send us an email. Or you can leave us a voicemail, a short message on how Murphy influenced you or how excited you are about the new revival. Mm -hmm. Something short. You can say your name. You don't have to say your name if you don't want to. If you don't want to call the number, you can record a little voice note on your phone and email it to us Mm -hmm. at murphybrownpod at gmail.com. And we'd love to include it in the show. We would love to. We really want to connect. We're all... We are...
1: As you may have heard last
0: episode, we are very excited mm-hmm. <laughs> about <So> what's happening. <laughs> that phone number is six four six four five zero six nine zero two. Or send us an
1: email or contact us on, on the social media. We are checking them all the time and we love hearing from you.
0: So next week our episode will be And So He Goes by Cy Duquesne and Denise Moss. This will be their first episode that we talk about. Very so that's exciting. exciting. We really at saying stuff at the same time. We're so good at it, you mean? Uh, I'm sorry, yes, we're so good at it. And we'll see you next week for another edition of FYI, the Murphy Brown Podcast.
1: Room indeed.
0: Oh, oh, it's a bus.
1: Why is he driving here? There isn't a school next to me. But why are they driving here? I don't know. It's a one-way that goes into the park.
0: Maybe it's a drug mule.
1: And they can't be going to that one because it's a one-way going that way.
0: I, that's my headcanon. It's a drug mule.
1: Probably. It's like a drug they mule. Should. I think you good.
0: Okay.